This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer... Here is Jane Brown. I want to get to the phones right away. Alan in Toronto has been waiting. Uh, he's using up his minutes with us. Uh, Alan, go ahead. Yeah, hello. It seems it seems like we're uh, we're going backwards. For the last two years, we have been told that if you have symptoms, to isolate. And now the idea is being floated. That if you have symptoms to go into a building where there are other people, this doesn't make any sense. The, no, the idea is not just being floated, it's actually being implemented. Okay, I didn't know, but it doesn't make any sense because, as I said, we're supposed to isolate with symptoms. And now it's uh, you're going to have people going in, mixing, and these stores don't have uh, adequate ventilation when you go to the, to the pharmacy. The pharmacy is usually right in the midst of a, of a shopping uh, concourse within a store or something like that. I think this is ridiculous. I mean, it will be participating pharmacies, but you're you're right, Alan. I mean, that's why the COVID assessment centers have made so much sense because they are isolated. It's where people with symptoms can go to get tested. They are not intermingling with the general public. Yes, and many of these stores for two years or so have had signs on their windows saying that if you have a sore throat or sneezing or chills or any of these kinds of things, do not come into the store. Right. Yeah, good point. Uh, so okay. if, if, if at your drugstore you see a sign that they're doing symptomatic testing, will you be, uh, will you be going to a new drugstore? Well, not only will I be going to a new drugstore, I'll be going to a different supermarket. And I think this is really going to hurt the sales of many stores that have a pharmacy in there. Because by now, people have become sensitized to the issue of staying away if you have symptoms. And now when you go to that supermarket and people are going to the drugstore that's in there, you don't know who you're coming into contact with into the store because yeah. these people are not going to be escorted out of the place while their test is awaiting analysis. Yeah. So you don't know who you're going to be picking up oranges with. Alan, thank you so much for calling and for using your minutes with us. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. It's Free For All Friday, the original Free For All Friday here on Zoomer Radio. Let's go to Linda in Scarborough. Linda, go ahead. Oh, hi. Yes, I'm actually calling about the 168 weight for the booster shot. Yes, the days um, between the second uh, shot and the third shot. Yep. Yeah, so I had two AstraZeneca vaccinations. The last one was June 15. I'm actually going today for the booster shot, which is before my 168 days, and was advised by the pharmacist that because I had the two AstraZeneca uh, vaccinations that I didn't have to wait 168 days. Right, that's the exception. If you've gotten both AstraZeneca vaccines, you can get your booster right away. Okay. I didn't realize that. I was listening to what you and Libby have been saying, and it sounded like you were saying we had to wait. No, you're, but no you're right. Um, if it's been a combination of vaccines, you have to wait the 168 days, but you're invited right away if it's been two shots of AstraZeneca. So thank you for giving me that opportunity to clarify. Okay. Okay, Thanks, Linda. Thanks. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Karen in Niagara Falls. Karen, go ahead. Ah, uh, yes. Hi, Jane. Um, I'm a first-time caller. Yes, welcome. Um, I really wanted to phone yesterday, but I was fumbling for the phone number and didn't get a chance to speak with the uh, Niagara Falls mayor there. Oh, yes. Some guidance. Um, I have been walking on the, the walking tra- uh, track there at the Gale Center, uh, along with, um, at the most, eight people when I go. Um, all of a sudden now they're saying that we have to have masks on. 
And yet we're pointing out that uh, the odd morning there is a hockey game or this morning there was practice and all those, let's say, 20 people on the ice or kids or whoever, no mask whatsoever. And yet the eight people that are walking above on the track are told that they have to have masks on. So have you have you pointed out that discrepancy? We did. I did. I called the mayor's office yesterday. And like I said, I, I understand he's in Florida having a good time. Um, his office said that they would have someone call me from either the uh, fire chief or the person from the Gale Center Arena. Now, this morning after our walk, we stopped and we spoke to the, the, I'll say, manager of the Gale Center. And he said, oh, yes, we're bouncing emails back and forth. We don't know exactly what to do. And we explained, like, hey, if you go on a Good Life Fitness Center website, it clearly states that when you enter, when you exit, and in the change room, it is mandatory to have your mask on. So he said, oh, no, just because they're not following rules or protocol that we can't go by that. Well, in my good life, um, yeah. which I, I assume it's the same across all of the good life uh, franchises, you have to wear your mask, not only wear it in, but you have to wear it between machines as well. So you can take it off when you get on the Stairmaster and use the Stairmaster. But as soon as you get off it and then maybe walk to some of the weights, you have to put your mask back on. So if we're walking on the track that is way above the uh, the uh, ice rink. Yes. Should we have our mask on? Well, you know what? That's It's an interesting question because you're actually exercising and walking, like physically moving at the same time, which is different. It's different than what you'll see in a gym with machines. Correct. And, and if people approach us, you know, gently from behind, we move aside, let them go forward. We try to keep our distance. Um, there's a handful that are regulars at our same time every day. So we're familiar with who we're walking with. Okay, Karen. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention. It is a very interesting question uh, about mask use in that particular scenario inside a fitness-type center. So uh, if anybody's got some thoughts on that or some scientific evidence or or um, some information related exactly to that scenario in Niagara Falls, give us a call. Karen, thanks for phoning in. Okay, thank you very much. 416-360-0740 or toll-free one. 1- 866-740-4740. Of course, we like to get our scientific information from the experts, our team of epidemiologists uh, that we have on from time to time, our scientific advisors, uh, quite regularly actually here on Fight Back. So it's, it's a question for them, for sure. Let's go to Lauren in Mississauga. Lauren, welcome to Zoomer Radio. Uh, thank you very much, Jane. Um, my issue and concern is related to covid and my view is, a uh, strong view, is the following. Number one, we have an opportunity to get vaccinated. Those people that are not vaccinated and choose not to get vaccinated are causing a number of problems in our life system, if you will. Number one, I think the, the view is that if the individual is not vaccinated and chooses not to at a certain point, that they should be denied health care. They should not be able to go to a hospital and utilize all the resources, doctors, nurses, exposing all those people to COVID when they have a preventable disease that they need to take a precaution for, which is vaccination. Um, I think they're causing all kinds of issues associated with lots of people have procedures that they cannot get uh cannot obtain at this point in time because the selfish individuals who choose not to vaccinate are blocking them from actually getting what other people need. It's not right. It's selfish. It's irresponsible. And it 
we should deny them health care after a certain date, fair warning, give them an opportunity to get vaccinated, but don't show up at a hospital or another a doctor's office when you have COVID and expect treatment for something that's completely preventable and is causing issues for the rest of us in society. Lauren, this is a continuation of the conversation Libby was having on last Free For All Friday. And a lot of people like yourself feel the same way. Uh, you know, I guess with universal health care, the only issue is, you know, what about people who smoke and get lung cancer? Should they be denied health care because they knew knowingly that smoking caused cancer? Well, that's, that's, I've heard that argument. Uh, not, I didn't listen to the show last week, but um, smoking is a uh, long-term uh, preventable disease. Admittedly, it causes potentially cancer and whatnot. But COVID is a much higher level urgency. Uh, mm-hmm. Smokers don't cause pandemics. <laughs> uh, Right. Yes, I get your point. And there is a big difference. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems completely unfair for 90 percent of the people to be uh, subjected to all of the things that happen with a person that has contracted COVID. And 10 percent, you know, it's the tail wagging the dog problem. And they should be denied health care or put on notice that they're not going to get treatment because they've chosen They've chosen consciously not to to seek the preventable cure, if you will. Lauren, I thank you very much for your viewpoint and for calling in. Have a nice weekend. Thank you so much. I mean, that's not unlike the mandatory vaccination policy if it was to be implemented across the board at every workplace in the country, not just federally regulated workplaces or in Ontario, uh, in long-term care facilities at the City of Toronto, City of Mississauga, uh, the TTC, but everywhere. If you gave people a date by which they have to be double vaccinated and they don't get double vaccinated by that date, they lose their jobs because vaccination is a condition of employment. Is is that the way we should be going? Should vaccination against COVID-19 be mandatory at every workplace in the province, in the country? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Um, and there was a recent survey to that effect. Two-thirds of Canadians endorse that idea. Two-thirds uh, of people in this country say, yeah, make it mandatory. Every workplace in the country. Let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Linda in Toronto. Linda, go ahead. Hi. I must be the only one in the world that thinks that uh, vaccines should not be mandated so that you can keep your job. Well, you're, you would be of uh, one of the three who, who's, <laughs> who, don't, who don't like the idea. <laughs> no, it, it's truly for health you want everyone vaccinated, then don't worry about them being vaccinated because we know half of the people that are vaccinated can still contract and still spread COVID. Just test everyone. Make testing mandatory if if, if that is the, the point. Well, that is certainly, uh, your phone line is not great, Linda, so I'm going to let you go. But just to continue the conversation, uh, what about that? I mean, that's what we're running into this weekend with the TTC. Uh, The 10% of people who work for the TTC who've yet to submit their vaccination status, should they just be subjected to testing two, three times a week? Uh, Is that the solution to make sure that there aren't service cuts for the riders of this city? Because it's not the riders' fault that the TTC A has implemented this policy and B that 10% of the workers have decided not to get vaccinated yet. Um, it is, it is an interesting question. And this is where we're going with mandatory vaccination. We're starting to think about it for more workplaces, not just specific workplaces. Let's go back to the phone. Sandy in Mississauga. Go ahead, Sandy. Hi. Um, I'm of the mind now with this lingering on. And uh, I, I have serious illnesses, so that, this is based on part of that, uh, my fear of coming in contact with COVID. Um, I, I believe we're at the stage where people that are not mandating themselves to be vaccinated should have to cover the costs themselves out of their own pocket for all of these tests. 
And maybe that might help persuade them to go and get vaccinated um, for themselves, for their families, for their friends and their workers. That's it's an idea that we haven't heard before. Thank you for bringing it up, Sandy. You're welcome. Thank you for your uh, services as well. You're very informative. Oh, great. Well, we we love our Zoomers uh, and we love hearing from all of you, especially on Free For All Fridays. It's an opportunity to really get a feedback of what people who are 45 plus are feeling, whether it's about COVID, other issues. Um, I did bring up about uh, the speeding that seems to be uh, an epidemic in this city, that's for sure, with 21,000 people caught speeding in the month of September by those 50 automated cameras alone. How are we going to bring down, I mean, we can bring down the speed limits, but will people slow down? How do we get people to slow down? That is certainly a conversation we can have, but it seems most of you do want to talk about mandatory vaccination, which is just fine. Uh, Linda in Brampton, go ahead. Hello. Hi, Linda, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, I was Right now, like I'm driving in Brampton, but I was at in Mississauga at a McDonald's restaurant, and I was in line getting my order. I had my mask on and everything. A customer came in behind me, not wearing a mask. The cashier that I was dealing with said, "Sir, you need a mask." He said, "I have an exemption." Yes, and what happened? And and she just. After I got my order, he was still there, and she, and he she was taking his order. Yes, it it actually it is a thing. I mean, if somebody says they have a medical exemption, um, you know, the employee should the employee then say, "Can I see your doctor's note?" I mean, we didn't we haven't gotten to that point. We take people at their word, but uh, yes, people are medically exempt from wearing masks, or can be medically exempt from wearing masks. Okay, because I just found that very, very odd, like in a food establishment. Yes. That this happened. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's an issue that has never been fully resolved from the beginning of when masks were made mandatory indoors. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a question that came up earlier in the pandemic, Linda, when we were, we were musing about should other customers be asking the person to mask? What should the customer do? Should they go to the manager? What should the manager do about this person? I know there are places where they've said, well, I'm sorry, you may have a medical exemption, but you're not allowed in here without a mask. I mean, that is one way to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh, well, that's all. I just wanted to do my little. <laughs> Thank two you. Cents, two Thank cents worth. You. No, appreciate your uh, <laughs> appreciate your viewpoint and your story. Thanks, Linda. You're welcome. Bye bye. Zeev just pointed out our producer that we have a, a lot of Lindas calling in today. <laughs> Linda, maybe a popular Zoomer name. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We'll take a quick break and be right back as Free for All Friday continues here on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. A free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Jane Brown. Libby is on vacation. She'll be back next Wednesday. Back to the phones we go. Here is Jamie in Coburg. Hi, Jamie. Go ahead. Hi, Libby. I'm sorry, Libby. Jane. Um, That's okay. I was listening, I was listening to a uh, couple calls ago, and the guy said that uh, the people with that don't have the vaccination are spreading the virus or the COVID virus. But he doesn't say about the people with the vaccination, you're still quite capable of spreading the virus. Right. I'm terrible, but he doesn't seem to understand that. He seemed to think that it, he was immune and would not spread it. I didn't get I didn't get that impression, but I take your point. You're right. Any yeah. of us can spread the virus if we don't have our masks on and uh, somebody else breathes in our air. You're absolutely right. I mean, all the more reason for us to all be vaccinated because then the symptoms are are either non-existent or very mild. 
I'm double vaxxed, but I'm terrified of spreading it to somebody that isn't vaxxed or somebody that is vaxxed. My mother's 100. She's soon to be triple vaxxed, but I, like, keep my distance. I wear my mask. I make her wear a mask. An N95, when I'm in the house, around, like, in her house, I just stay right away. No, you're absolutely right. And and thank you for that reminder. We can all spread COVID-19, vaccinated or not. You're absolutely right. Right. But if you listen to the numbers that they report every day, you if you read the numbers, two-thirds, one-third of the people are unvaxxed mm-hmm. and two-thirds of the people have some sort of vaccination. That's all the cases every day. So. Right. But the other numbers that are important to look at are the hospital numbers and the ICU numbers. And the vast majority of people being treated for COVID in hospital and ICUs are either unvaccinated, partially vaccinated, or their status is unknown. Yeah, I, under, I, I understand that, that it is better, but I can still... I was terrified when I went in. I'm taking an experimental drug. And, you know, I've had doctors tell me, I say, what's going to happen in 15 years with this or 10 years? And they just, they don't know. They have no idea. Well, what we do know is that you won't get, you won't get uh, severely debilitated by COVID-19. That we know, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm still questioning what I have done to my body by taking this mRNA. Like, what have I done sort of thing? I have to have it because... I was told I have to have it or I don't work. Yes. So, you know, basically, I'm being forced to take something that I really am afraid of. So you're of two minds then. You want to be vaccinated, but you're still a little uncertain about what it was that was um, put in your body. Oh, yeah. Just think if I was really sick, um, that did something to me. Basically, right now, it's like, oh, well, he's just one of the the 100,000 out of a million that's going to feel something from it. Jamie, thank you for calling in. Uh, all of us, I mean, except for the extreme exceptions, are doing very well, uh, having been double vaxxed against this virus globally. I suppose we don't know in 10 years from now um, whether there might be any effect. But based on the science, and science is pretty good these days, um, it would seem to be completely safe and harmless in the long term as well. But uh, we, do, we do know that by being double vaccinated, uh, we are substantially reducing our risk of hospitalization and uh, related death due to COVID-19. Free for all Friday. We've got uh, 13 minutes to go. Lots of time to get your call in. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. Let's change topics and talk about something completely different. Stan and Newmarket, go ahead. I've got a consumer alert here. I buy packaged chicken noodle soup. It's a, you know, it's a famous brand. I guess I, I don't know if I can mention it. Anyways, uh, I usually buy the one that hasn't, a regular one, and I wound up buying one that says 25% less salt. Now, the one that I usually use uses four cups of water for package, mm-hmm. and the 25% less salt uses only three cups of water. So actually, I'm getting... less soup, not 25% less salt for the same price. No, I see what you're saying. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for that. Appreciate the call. Um, That's a smart consumer. Let's go to Jim in Mississauga. Go ahead, Jim. You're next. Hi. Good morning, Jane. I just have a comment about the speeding. Mississauga up in the Malton area have put in a lot of speed bumps. They've lowered the um, speed limits on certain side streets. But you still get these comedians that drive uh, 30 or 40 over the cliffs, over the speed bump, and they fly over them. Oh, they're ruining their cars. <laughs> yeah, I know they're ruining their cars. And, uh, and I'm thinking, like, uh, really, have we accomplished anything? We've slowed down 90% of the common people, but we still get some idiots. <laughs> yeah, right. But I think once they go over a speed bump at that rate of speed, they're not going to be doing it again <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Jay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Oh, yes, I'm a big fan of um, speed bumps and measures to slow traffic on side streets. Uh, we had a 
We had a survey go out on our street in Etobicoke, which right now is unmarked, which means the speed limit is 50 kilometers an hour. But, uh, you know, between Burnhamthorpe and uh, Bloor, I think some people think it's a it's a throughway. And we will often see people going 70 kilometers an hour down our street, which is a residential street. Um, and interestingly, when a survey was done on our street, more people d- than more people didn't want speed bumps than people who did because they were worried that they would ruin their own cars. And I just thought that doesn't even make sense. If you have slow traffic measures on your street, well, first of all, everybody on the street, including all of the children, will be much safer. And you just slow down. And, you know, you take other routes if you want to go quicker. You take the Gardner, the Lakeshore, the DVP, the Allen Expressway. You can go, you know, at a higher rate of speed on those routes. But side streets, residential streets, let's lower the speed limit everywhere to at least 40k an hour and get speed bumps on on some of the longer streets so you discourage people from speeding just my opinion let's go to helen in mississauga helen go ahead oh hi jane i i just wanted to say again i know you're probably sick of hearing but the mandate on the vaccinations um but i was just wanting to say i think they should mandate it for the reason of just to help to squash the COVID thing. Mm -hmm. They did it with smallpox and all other things. And I know people have rights, but if you work in a job where you have to wear safety shoes or safety goggles or, you know, you you don't have the right to say, no, I don't want to wear it, you have to do it because that's, that's what goes with the job. So if they if they do this, then people have to do it, especially when they're serving the public. And, you know, passing it on, and I know even although we've vaccinations, we can still get it, um, but not as severe. So I think it just helps everyone. Uh, very nicely presented. Thank you for calling in, Helen. Okay, take care. Okay. So Helen would be among the two-thirds of Canadians who believe, who endorse the idea, who like the idea that mandatory vaccination should be in place at all workplaces in the country, everywhere. You go to work. You have to be double vaccinated. And, you know, it reminds me of, uh, you know, when my kids were in high school and I got a note. Uh, my daughter, Jamie, was in grade nine, got a note home saying, uh, you know, your daughter's her one vaccination is coming to um, it's come. It hasn't been updated in her file. And if we don't receive an update, she will be suspended from school until you show us that she's been vaccinated. Well, I tell you, you, you get that vaccination pretty quickly for your child or you get you get the information in that they have received that vaccine. So how is this any different? It's just that it's a new vaccine. We're not used to it yet. But what would be the big deal of having to show that you're double vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to go to work. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Lynn in Stony Creek, you're on Free For All Friday. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Okay, I am going cruising in April. I am going down the Panama Canal on the Island Princess. Okay, sounds like a great trip. I'm looking forward to it, believe me. I want to know, do I need that third vaccine? And um, do I have to have that COVID test before I go on? Because it's more than 72 hours. Well, April is still a long way off, so there yeah, I know. there may be some changes. We're about to hear some changes this next hour about short trips for Canadians to the United States. As far as the long trips go, it looks like the PCR testing to come back into Canada will continue. Will it continue until April? I don't know. Do you have to pay for that? Uh, yes, you do. Yep. Now there are, it's in, you know, we talked about this, um, a couple of times this week, and there are drugstores in the United States that will do it for free, the PCR test. But generally, they are expensive. They can be anywhere between $150 and $300 US. Okay, because we start from Fort Lauderdale and end up in LA. Right. Uh, now, in terms of whether you need a booster or not, I think that's going to be more for your tra- the travel company or the cruise line that you're um, going to be enjoying during that time. It will be up to them. 
Okay, because I heard that you have to have a COVID test before you go on. And as soon as you find that you're okay, that then they'll let you on. Yeah, I mean, all I can tell you, Lynn, is what we know now. That, okay, so your trip starts in the U.S. and ends in the U.S. At the moment, to go into the United States, you need to be double vaccinated and you need to show a negative antigen test. That's the cheaper one. And then to come back into Canada after your cruise, you will have to present a negative uh, PCR test. So that's a negative antigen test. Is that the one they take before you go on? the ship? Yeah, you would have to take, you would have to um, have that done in Canada before you leave to present when you go over the border, either by air or by land. Okay. Is that that squiggly thing on the bottom of your, your phone that shows that you've had your needles? Oh, your QR test, your code? No, yeah. this is this is a different test. So you need to get this at the drugstore for travel. It's called an antigen test. It's what the United States requires for Canadians going into the U.S. And you have to have it done at the drugstore? You can have it done at the drugstore, yes. Oh, okay. And, you know, and, and, and as it's, far as speed bumps go... Pardon me? As far as, as far as speed bumps go, yeah. I live on Queenston Road, and the kids speed because they're trying to beat the light. Okay. Yeah. And I swear to God, somebody's going to get killed. I, you know what? You're absolutely right. It's, um, and how do we discourage that? You know, there's still 70, there's still 24 hours in a day. Slow down. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. And, and enjoy your trip in April. Okay. Let's go to Lori in Hamilton. Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you? Fine. Thanks. What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to comment on, you know, the people that are possibly losing their jobs because they don't want to declare their status. Um, you know, I think that there's other sides to the scientific evidence that we hear the same rhetoric every time on the every form of news media. You can read it, you can hear it, but there are other seriously... Um, important sides such as Dr. Bridal from the University of Guelph. He's an amazing virologist. And I think people have to open their eyes to that uh, other side. Um, I think that there are many ways to protect yourself, which is proven. We've done that for the last 22 months. We've masked, we've hand-washed, we've stayed indoors. But now you're allowing those who are deemed more superior, I, I believe, as having been double vaxxed to um, go to different venues in en masse, which others that are not, and practicing safe hygiene, masking, hand washing, are not allowed to do. Lori, I, I thank you for your opinion, and you are certainly welcome to it. Um, the vast majority of scientists... Um, endorse the COVID vaccine, endorse masking uh, for double vaccinated patrons in theaters, in sports venues, uh, in gyms. But, you know, you're absolutely right in terms of people not wearing their masks uh, for these large sports games, for the Raptors, uh, for the Leafs. We see that. That is a concern. And the only other thing I would caution you is be very careful what you read on the Internet. There is all kinds of stuff on the Internet that looks as if it's official, that it's real, but it's not. Uh, just a couple of more minutes to go. Dan, in Elmwood, we can get you in here. What's on your mind today on Friday? Good day, Jane. Good day. Go ahead. Uh, You're on the air. Yep. Right now, the anti-vaxxers can uh, take the numbers that are given when the news is uh, on and uh, say one-third of the people getting COVID um, are vaccinated. What we should be hearing on the news, or at least in addition to what's already there, is tell us how many people are on ventilators, like what percentage are vaccinated on ventilators or seriously ill. I think that would help. Yes, what we do know is that approximately 80% of the ICU patients in Ontario are unvaccinated or partially vaccinated. So it's not that if you're double vaccinated, you won't end up in the ICU on a ventilator, but it's, it's much less likely. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have expected the numbers to be even higher than that. I, I agree. Yeah, I would have as well. But don't forget that, you know, you have 15 percent of the population which is unvaccinated and you have 85 percent of the population which is vaccinated. So you will have 
I mean, in that sense, you will have more people with COVID who are vaccinated. Um, certainly, though, you when you look at that percentage, 80 percent in the ICUs, unvaccinated versus 20 percent, uh, your chances, I think it's something like, you know, you're 26 times more likely to end up in an ICU with COVID if you're yeah. unvaccinated versus if you're vaccinated. Yeah. And that's something else they could maybe do when, when they give the numbers of people who pass away from COVID. Tell us uh, how many of those were were uh, vaccinated. Yeah, uh, I, I expect that in that case it'd be a very very small percentage that are vaccinated that uh, pass away from it. You're and absolutely right. Closet. Yep, you're right, Dan. That's that's where we'll end it for today. Thanks for your call. Thank you. I've enjoyed this free for all Friday. Um, if you miss some of the episodes of Fight Back during the week, join me for the best of Fight Back Saturdays and Sundays at 1230 here on Zoomer Radio. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Be well, be safe. And uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Jane Brown. Libby is enjoying a vacation. She is back next Wednesday. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Grab a line now and let me get the conversation started by asking you this. Should mandatory COVID vaccination be a requirement to physically go to work? Not just nursing homes, not just hospitals or the TTC, but everywhere. A new survey reveals two-thirds of Canadians endorse this idea that you would have to present a vaccine certificate in order to go to work, to physically go into an office place or any kind of environment where people are working. The same survey also suggests only 9% of Canadians are planning not to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19. So 91% of people who are eligible to get the vaccine in this country ultimately plan to be double vaccinated. Is this idea taking mandatory vaccination too far? We can talk about that. Also, article today suggesting or showing that 10% of those of you who are eligible to get a booster, a third shot of COVID vaccine, only 10% so far have taken the opportunity to get a booster shot, a third shot of COVID vaccine. I think part of the reason for that is because you have to get those 168 days between the second dose and when you get your booster, even if you're eligible, if you were born in 1951 or earlier, technically you're eligible, but you also have to wait that 168 days. So I suggest, I think, the uptake on the booster will start to increase probably in the first couple of weeks of December. But, you know, you may be waiting longer. You may be thinking after reading uh, different reviews, different evidence that you want to wait seven, eight months after your second shot to get your booster. What is your plan around that? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Or maybe you want to talk about something other than COVID-19. How about the more than 21,000 speeding tickets issued by 50 automated cameras across the city during the month of September? Of the these, 13% were on a stretch of Victoria Park Avenue, and there were 926 repeat offenders, with the two most frequent offenders each receiving five tickets for speeding on Bamberg Circle and Military Trail in Scarborough. How are we going to get drivers to slow down, especially as vehicular traffic returns to normal? And, you know, once we get everybody to slow down, that will ultimately reduce pedestrian deaths. We can talk about that. Let's start with Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. 
Hi, Jane. I wanted to talk about the shoppers and the COVID tests. Yes. I uh, had occasion to be at my shoppers drug mart, the one I go to yesterday, and I asked them if they would be giving the tests. They said they didn't know yet whether, you know, it's going to get selected or not. None of the people working in the pharmacy wanted to be doing that. Wanted to have the tests in there. And I said to them, and they said, we don't get any choice in the matter. And, uh, they told me that you know, I, I said, well, for my vote, I, after two years of this almost, and every place you go into a series of questions and that, that I don't know why anyone would want to go to a place where they were attempting to congregate people who think they have COVID. And also mm-hmm. you had a gentleman, I think, from Shoppers on yesterday. He was talking how they don't want to police it or anything like that. My presumption is that Shoppers is uh, getting paid to do these tests, unlike optometrists, uh, and that they're even making a profit on it. So, I mean, is there not some sort of appearance of conflict of interest there? This is the health place we're supposed to be going to to get our medications and everything like that. Why would they think that, you know, we'd want to be walking into a place where people are there because they think they have COVID. That is a great conversation starter as well, Daryl. Thank you okay. for calling All in right. with that story. Stay well. Yeah, you too. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. What about the symptomatic COVID testing in drugstores? Uh, Daryl was referring to Dean Miller. He's with Whole Health Pharmacy. And he was talking, you know, we were talking about the various scenarios. Do you get people now with COVID symptoms going in and getting one of the asymptomatic tests, but saying they don't have symptoms? Uh, the opposite would be, uh, do you have people coming in and saying they have symptoms when they don't have symptoms so that they can get a free test result? And he, you know, and he was just saying, well, that's not really for him to figure out. He has to take what people say at face value. You always get people who are trying to bilk the system, get around the system. But for the most part, he was thinking that people would be truthful. So what do you think about that? Should we be getting into the symptomatic testing in pharmacies or just leave it the way it is? Let's go to Marsha, Marsha and Kleinberg. Hi, go ahead. Hi. Um, my uh, topic that I wanted to uh, discuss is that um, the Service Ontario has a policy of requiring seniors ages 75 to 80 to report in person in order to take an updated picture to renew their health card. Right. And I had a, a quite an unpleasant experience when I went, aside from standing in line for over an hour. But the young woman who waited on me was not wearing a mask, and she proceeded to cough into her hands, did not use hand sanitizer, and was handling my driver's license and my health card. Wow, that's like a worst-case scenario. It absolutely is. And to top it off, there was no hand sanitizer on my side of the wicket, so I had to receive them back. And on top of that, she had a one ballpoint pen that who knows how many mm-hmm. people have handled that she handed to me to sign in that little box for your signature for the health card. So while all of this was happening, Marcia, did you make any comments to her, ask her to put on a mask, ask her to sanitize the pen, any of that? Not that it's your responsibility, just wondering. Okay, so this is uh, what I said. I, uh, I was standing there. She, I recognized that she wasn't wearing a mask, but I didn't say anything. There was plexiglass there. Okay. Um, and then she coughed, and I noticed that she coughed into her hand. And so then I said, um, you're not wearing a mask. So she said to me, um, I have a medical exemption. Mm-hmm. So I said, but, you know, you coughed into your hand. And she said, would you feel more comfortable if I wore a mask? I said, yes. So then she left the wicket and got a mask and came back with her mask. Okay, well, that's something. That was something. Yeah. But that was that was the only thing. 
Right. So there you are in a scenario where somebody is unmasked, at least to begin with, not using hand sanitizer, coughing into their hands. Um, so hopefully you sanitize your, your documents after you, after you left. I did. I put them in my pocket, not my purse, because I didn't want to handle my purse any more than I had to. Um, they had hand sanitizer at the exit door, so I used that. And I keep uh, Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer in my car. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thanks for the story, Marcia. It's good to know there, you know, what's happening out there. I appreciate the call. Thank you. It's free for all Friday. Jane for Libby, Zoomer Radio, 416-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Richard in South York. Is that the borough of York? Actually, it's Roscoe, Illinois. I've just uh, annexed this portion of Illinois into uh, your territory. Oh, very nice. Good to talk to you. Welcome to Zoomer Radio. Actually, I'm broadcasting seven kilometers down the Rock River, your radio station. So, Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I was going to say is I've been triple vaccinated and uh, all these anti-vaxxers and all that. I don't know what they're fighting. And, um, yeah, the masks, the masks are there to protect other people. You can cough in your mask, have the disease. And if they're going to be walking into a drugstore to get uh, tested, everybody must be wearing a mask, and especially those people. But uh, you see people walking down the street with masks on or in their cars with a mask on. I'm, 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 it's like, oh, my gosh, are these – oh, well. <clears throat> viruses are so tiny they can get through that mask. Right, right. So, uh, in where you live, uh, is the uh, is it mandated to wear masks inside? No. Well, yeah, it, it it's mandated, but I think there's so many people that are. Well, you, you get the anti-maskers, which uh, drive me crazy because, um, yeah, I mean, even the church, uh, our bishop says that we should wear a mask, and mm-hmm. yet. You know, the people come in there and, well, you know, it's it's a free country. Yeah, well, I'm glad you got your booster and appreciate the call from Illinois. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Murray in Malton. Murray, what would you like to add? Go ahead. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm fine. Good, good. Uh, in the drugstores, when you go to get your test, I think the drugstores should pick two times a day, say one in the afternoon and one in the evening, that way people have a chance to get in and post what time the people are going to be in the store. So people like me who don't want to be there when uh, people are getting tested for the virus don't have to be there at that particular time instead of having it open through all the, the whole day. Yeah, it, at so far, uh, it doesn't seem to be that there is a set protocol for uh, what the individual drugstores need to put in place before people with symptoms come in to get tested. Uh, even mm. Dr. Kieran Moore got sort of tripped up the other day saying that there would be a separate line in some cases, um, but he made it seem as if there would be a separate line at every drugstore, which he later clarified. So I think a lot of us uh, are uncertain as to what this is going to look like. And certainly, you know, if I see a sign on my shoppers and I go to two different shoppers, if I see a sign that they're doing symptomatic testing, I'm probably not going to go there, at least for the interim. Yeah, at least uh, not near the where you get your prescriptions or where they're doing the testing. But if you're, you know, somewhere else in the store, that's fine. But for those people that have to stand in line to get the prescriptions, the people with the virus are going to be right there with them. Yeah, but well, here's the, here's the other side of that, though. And, and, you know, it's totally your right to go in or not go in as a shopper, as a consumer. But say that individual lines up to get their symptomatic test. They are symptomatic. They don't have the results yet. And then they go shopping. How do you know you're not going to be in contact with that person? I mean, I guess that is the scenario everywhere we go where you don't have to provide proof of vaccination, but it just brings it a little bit too close, I think, for some people. Well, the the whole thing is the virus takes two minutes to spread, right? So if you're walking through the mall, you pass somebody, it doesn't really matter if they have it or not. The chances are uh, very minimal. But if you're standing in line with that person, right, then you the probability is very great. Right. I know you have you have to weigh all of these considerations. Murray, thanks for calling in. 
Okay. Free for all Friday, 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. If you were listening to Bob Comsex News there, just to kind of talk about something un-COVID related, um, just about all of these speeders, you know, more than 21,000 people caught speeding. And that's just by the 50 automated cameras that are set up around the city. That's not those who didn't get caught, right? And we uh, have the news that a 38-year-old man from Burlington has been arrested and charged with two counts of criminal negligence causing death in the deaths of uh, the 71-year-old man and his 69-year-old wife who died back on October 12th on Parkside Drive. You'll remember they were in their vehicle. And uh, this individual from Burlington, he is accused of driving at a high rate of speed uh, in his BMW, colliding with um, a Toyota Matrix, causing a road commotion involving a total of five cars. And that couple, uh, they were grandparents, parents, they lost their lives as a result of this speeding incident. So that is definitely a worst-case scenario. But, you know, we're really—people are tempting fate by driving at high rates of speed. They're getting caught. There are repeat offenders. How are we going to get people to slow down? We can certainly go down that path if you'd like to talk about that. 416-360-0740, toll-free, one 740 for 740, but mandatory vaccination, that really is the ongoing hot topic these days. We've got uh, TTC cuts coming on Sunday as a result of a worker shortage, in part uh, because of employees who won't be allowed to go to work because they have not presented their vaccination status. We have the same kind of thing rolling out in long-term care. They were given an extension to be double vaxxed. Many hospitals have implemented a double vaccination policy. Uh, Workplaces that are federally regulated, like radio stations, employees have to be double vaccinated. We are among those here at the Zoomerplex. Should this be across the board, any workplace, anywhere you go, wherever you are working in this country, Should you be mandated to be double vaxxed in order to continue your employment? Uh, That's something we can talk about as well. Extreme or is that the right way to go to make sure we're all safe? 416-360-0740. We'll take a quick break and be right back. 1-866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.